PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where board studying continues to be fun, enjoyable, hashtag unforgettable. Yes. I'm Blake Briggs, comma MD. I'm joined today by Iltafat Hussein, comma MD. What's up? This is a continuing series of a collaboration we have with ASEP's Peer Board Review. They give us awesome questions from their peer database, and we give them our awesome voices. So for each 10 to 15 minute episode, you gain high yield board knowledge, and we like to say, come for the stems, stay for the content. You can sign up on our website for free updates, episodes, printed handouts, free review quizzes to test your knowledge. And you can go to our website to test your knowledge on all these topics, to do our awesome airway quiz at emboardbombs.com. Again, that's emboardbombs.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, which is blowing up at emboardbombs. Dr. Hussein, you ready for the topic? Let's do it. I think you're reading the stem today. We flipped a coin and you, you lost. Yes, yes, yes. So a 12-year-old boy presents to your ER with left eye pain that started while he was using a DeWalt brushless cordless circular saw. He says he thinks that something flew into his eye. He unfortunately was not using the appropriate PPE. He was making some rib cuts for a toy box that he's making himself. You ask him why he was using a circular saw to which he responds, quote, you know about the zombie apocalypse, right? End quote. <laughs> You don't want to ask him any psych-related questions, so you instead ask him to explain to you what a rip cut is, and he shows you his DIY YouTube survivalist channel. After spending entirely too long learning about how you don't need a table saw for rip cuts (laughs) if you have a particular jig, you proceed with your physical exam. Visual acuity for the patient's 20-20 in the right eye and 20-25 in the left eye. The conjunctiva are injected, but no foreign body is visualized. There is no disruption to the volume of the globe. Which of the following examinations should you perform next? The keyword here being next. A. Dilated ophthalmoscopy. (laughs) (laughs) I can never pronounce that right. B. Eyelid eversion. C. Sidel test. D. Slit lamp microscopy. Mm. What's the correct answer? Correct answer here is going to be B. B, 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 eyelid eversion. So here's the thing to our listeners. We're going to teach some awesome stuff today about eyes. In general, the most important thing is that when you're typing in your consult, if you have consult pages that are text-based on your hospital system, just always make sure you put that H after OP. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's actually a good one. That's a good one. I I do remember misspelling that when I was like a med student. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard word to spell. There's a sneaky H in there. And let me tell you, they don't take too kindly to that. (laughs) Have you ever been corrected? No, I never. Please tell me. Oh, man, that would have been amazing. No, I never did. I I honestly Googled it every time. I'm like, shoot, how 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 do I spell this stupid word? 
it, it does seem unnecessary. Yeah. Op. Yeah, I don't know. Right? I don't know. Uh, All right, moving on. Hey, so um, there's a good order you should do for the eye exam. Everyone has their different way to do it, but um, this is one way that I was taught actually by an ophthalmologist and I saw online at various EM websites and evidence-based websites. So here's the deal. You should always start in a certain order of doing the eye exam, so you make sure you do it the same way every time and that you're not missing anything critical. So you should start by doing a gross inspection of both eyes. Then you do your pupil exam with, you know, pen light. Then you do the eye muscle exam. And then this is the part where you're looking for any foreign bodies, if you're concerned. So eyelid aversion, which is the correct answer here. And then you get into the later stuff, which is the fluorescent, the slit lamp, if applicable to different situations, you know, measuring IOP with a tone of pen, etc. All that stuff comes later. So the deal here, Dr. Hussain, is what? With ocular foreign bodies. Right, right. So when you're thinking about ocular foreign bodies... You know, this is going to be the most likely diagnosis based on the history that the patient presents with. He wasn't wearing protective, you know, eye goggles. He felt something went into his eye. They they gave you, you know, parts of what you do next, right? Because they told you what the initial exam of the cornea looked like, that you didn't see embedded corneal debris. The next step is to flip those eyelids. I mean, this is a really easy question, but this is where they'll get you on the boards with the next best step. Next best step. The lower lid is inspected by pulling it down with the thumb while the patient is looking up. Uh, the upper lid is the key one, and this really does work. I use the end of a cotton tip applicator. Again, the end, right? So you're not using... Uh, I actually find it's easier not to use the cotton tipped part of it I use the other end and then I'll put that on you know on, on the crease or a little bit above the crease of the upper lid um, and then gently you know pull the eyelashes up and foreign bodies obviously can be really small so you can't necessarily visualize them without magnification so you can use a slit lamp uh, to visualize if that makes things easier for you uh, but for the most part, you can, you know, if you look close enough, you can see what you need to see. Any debris that you find there, you can remove with that cotton tip applicator. Right. That's where I use it. Oftentimes, what I'll do is I'll take the cotton tip applicator and I'll wet that, and that helps me make like a clean pool of whatever might be on there. Right. Obviously, you can irrigate that area as well. Yeah. Um. Now embedded corneal foreign bodies can be removed very carefully um, using like a sterile needle and that's another technique the keyword is very uh, careful that we need to talk yeah very careful you know you have like the burrs we're not going to get into all that right now use a scalpel um, too right yeah oh whoa i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> came a little hard attack there that's what we do in alabama <laughs> So also made also makes my eyes hurt, right? These types of questions always just make my eyes itchy. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously going down that tract, you know, fluorescine dye should be used to locate corneal abrasions caused by debris as well. Um, so those are a couple of different ways that yeah. debris is managed. But really, what this question stem is trying to get you to see is you you have to flip those lids i always ask this question to my medical students and residents and especially the medical students the, that's one part of the eye exam they always seem to forget they'll do everything else um but flipping the lids is 
the you know it really is one of those things that is so ridiculously easy to do but just gets no overlooked unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. unfortunately it gets really overlooked yeah it's one of the most common complaints in the er in terms of eye um presentations is foreign body or and or corneal abrasion right um right. and so getting adept at treating those and looking for those is really important right so let's say that this is not so much for this question, but let's say you forget to evert the eyelids. And let's say on the boards, they give you a picture of the eye. They'll do this. I've seen many board questions with eye pictures. And you see an eye where they're showing you fluorescent stain. There's like little skirts of fluorescent over the eye itself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, I do. There's some nice YouTube videos of that as yeah, well. Yeah, that is classically due to what, Dr. Hussein? Think about that globe and think about obviously an injury to said globe mm -hmm. so what you're seeing basically there is the i can never pronounce it right but sidel test sidel sidel i feel like you know our game is off today because we would have typically like done a deep dive into why that dr sidel yeah yeah into that name and we would have provided our readers with you know more in-depth insight so hey why don't you get on that and why don't you get that right now and uh, you know that's a great idea hey, yeah you keep you back keep doing you keep and i'm gonna do this yeah so remember the sidel test has its limitations it's only about 70 percent sensitive it's good to do you'll see it so it's one of those tests that you have to do but if you don't see it don't just say they don't have an open globe so here's the deal trauma to the eye in cases like this one that we talked about in the stem they can result sometimes in serious injury and that's the open globe or perforation of the globe. And this is the primary indication for performing the Seidel test as part of the fluorescent. What you do is you put fluorescent over the eye. And then when that test is positive, you can basically see diluted fluorescent flowing from the globe rupture site. And the patient might eventually undergo a fluorescent exam in this case and an evaluation for a Seidel sign, which is important to do, especially in cases of foreign bodies or corneal irritation, red eye, that kind of thing. Fluorescent's a great idea to look for corneal abrasions, to look for corneal ulcers, and for Seidel sign. But that's not the next step in the case, and that's why the slit lamp exam and the Seidel test are not the correct answers in this question. The eyelid aversion is part of the basic initial physical exam of the eye when they come in, especially for concerned for foreign bodies. So slit lamp is valuable, extremely valuable in the evaluation of almost any ophthalmology condition, including what we talked about, traumatic corneal injuries like ulcers and abrasions and foreign bodies. And it's really critical in the diagnosis of anything chamber injury, right? So anterior chamber, posterior chamber, it's part of a normal ophthalmologic exam. But in this case, as with the Seidel test, even though it might be needed eventually, it's not the first thing. The first thing is eyelid aversion, right. take out a foreign body if it's there, then move on. You got it. Hey, where do you think he was from? Side oh, God. Uh, somewhere in Europe. Yes. I'll give you a hint. First first name was Eric. Eric Seidel. Oh, it's one of those either... It's either German or uh, Danish or Scandinavian. Uh, you're, you're right. The first one, German. Yes. You got it. Specialized hey. in glaucoma and anesthesia of the eye. And... Um, eye anesthesia. Yeah, he's known for his uh, mapped and recorded in arcuate... Stacoma in 1914. <laughs> way to go, Seidel way to go, Dr. Seidel. 1921. Uh, so he was, it was World War One time. He was right around the time of Dr. Stroll. Yeah, that's right. One of their buddies. Stroll and, I know. Poor Dr. Man, Stroll. I, ooh, 
probably not if you think geographically. Oh yeah, that's true. They probably didn't like each other. Too much. They were fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were they were buddies 20, 30 years later and fight that time. Well, uh, on that note, <laughs> done. Ah, <laughs> uh, history. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. That's all I got. That's all I got too. I think we're done. So that's another board bomb delivered. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Board Bombs. Also on Instagram. You can drop us an app or review. Reviews really help us. They help skyrocket us into the rankings as well. And if there's a particular topic you want, you can let us know in the review as well. Although next time, we will uh, see you for some action. See ya. Peace.